Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Julie Love. I'm your host. Thank you very much for being here today. This is a book, A Gift from Adversity, which I published in 2020. Subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. I started to write this story to not only advocate for myself, but for others. After I published my book, I received a lot of messages of their adversities that I felt really compelled to start this platform with my adversity. Today, we have a guest. Her name is Ashley, and she is going to share her adversity and tools and a gift that came from the adversity. Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell us who you are, your name, and then what you do. All right. Uh, my name is Ashley Hollick. So I live in Texas right now with my family. I've got two boys, a two and a half year old and a just turned six year old. We homeschool. Um, we moved from California. So we've only been in Texas for about a year and a half. Um, so that's kind of where I am at right now. Um, I did, you know, just start my own coaching business that kind of stemmed from my adversity. So. So you mentioned about the coaching business. What is your coaching uh, business and the website that people can learn more about? So right now I just have my Instagram and inside of my Instagram, um, I have my little link tree in there that has some of my offerings that I currently have. But yes, so I'm a, a mindset coach and manifestation coach, um, serving mamas right now to help them find more time in their life and manifest a life of abundance and ease. And what is your Instagram handle? It's at Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E -E underscore Holick, H-O-E-L-C-K. So people who want to find more, want to find more about Ashley at Ashley underscore Holick. So it's H-O-E-L-C-K. Yes. So I'm going to put that on the chat as well. So anyways, well, thank you so much for being with us today and then to share your story of the adversity. So can you tell our audience what was your adversity? Okay, yeah. So um, when I was a teen, um, I was in an abusive relationship from the age of 16 to about 20, 21. The ending was kind of blurred there. Um, and, you know, it, it started out pretty toxic from the beginning. You know, it was more of uh, manipulation and cheating and lying and more emotional abuse. Um, and then once I moved out of the house and was living on my own at, um, at college, that's when it turned physical. Um, and the physical abuse lasted for about nine or 10 months. Um, and then, and then it ended, um, but the relationship still kind of continued. I was very much in love, um, with this person and just totally wrapped up in it. Um, once I finally broke free from that relationship and I started to kind of heal myself and focus on like the positive and things like that and kind of started to change my life and build myself back up again. You know, I 
ended up not having a lot of self-worth and a lot of PTSD, anxiety, depression, all of that. Um, so it took a while to grow. And then um, I always had back pain after. Since I was 21, I had really, really bad back pain. I was throwing my back out once or twice a year. I was going to doctors, I was going to chiropractors, I got x-rays and the only thing they saw was that I had like very bulging discs and they said it was really bad for someone my age, but no doctor could tell me what was wrong, no doctor could help me. Um, so I just kind of dealt with this really awful back pain um, for about 12 years. And then fall of 2020, I started to hear, well, that year I, I was <laughs> writing like the list of things that I wanted that year. And it was, you know, a nice house in Texas. And one of the things was my back is pain-free in 2020. That was one of the big things that I wanted. So at the end of the year, I started hearing about how um, emotional trauma could be stored in your body as physical pain. And when I first heard this, I kind of, I kind of thought it was crazy. I was like, there's no way that emotional trauma can be held in my back. Like I have a, my back is, something is wrong with it. And at that point in the fall of 2020, I was laying on the ground all the time because it hurt so bad, like alternating with heat and ice, doing all of these things, stretching, yoga, trying all these things. And I still felt that it, like I was gonna throw it out. I, I couldn't pick up my, my 15 month old son Every time I laid him in the crib, I, I remember I would have to kind of drop him the last six inches because I couldn't bend over because it was it felt like I was going to throw it up. So I was like, there's no way that emotional trauma is really causing me this much pain for 12 years. But at this point, I was so I was so over the pain. I was so done with being pain that I was just open to the idea that, OK, maybe this is possible. And so being open to that idea, I kind of started exploring it and um, I ended up in this course that was, you know, is all about manifestation. Um, it's by Kristen Jenna. It's called uh, the Blissful Abundance Academy. And, you know, it's like, oh, learn how to manifest successfully. And I was like, oh, I want to take this class. This sounds really good. And what ended up happening is I ended up doing so much inner work and trauma healing inside of this course that I wasn't even expecting. Um, you know, I did a lot of forgiveness practices, inner child healing. I did all of these things for about five weeks and then my pain went away. Like it was there one day and it was gone the next. <laughs> Just completely gone. It was, it was crazy. It was so wild and just something that I didn't think was possible. Um, and so, and you know, I did, I kept thinking it's going to come back. It's going to come back. Uh, so it took me like six months to be like, it's not coming back. And that's, that's what my pain was. So, so yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm at now. Um, now I'm just so intrigued by it all. I'm so intrigued by trauma and PTSD and how it, it's stored in our body. So now I'm kind of learning as much as I can. I'm reading all the books. I'm just so curious to learn more because that's doctors couldn't help me but women that I met online they helped me you know and doctors never asked me they never asked hey did you have any trauma in your past they're just like 
did you did you fall <laughs> did you get in a car crash they only ever asked me those you know physical surface questions um and so now i just want to learn as much as i can so that i can also help to facil facilitate healing in others and kind of raise awareness about the fact that this emotional trauma can be stored as physical pain well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so first of all, let's go back to your adversity part, the mm -hmm. um, abusive relationship. And a lot of us go through that, and I went through that as well. And then I'm reading a book um, from my friend LaVon Gordon, who started a Love Life Now Foundation, mm -hmm. which helps the DV victims, domestic violence victims, and she wrote a book called The Legacy He Left Me. And then there's a, a research that typically research shows, unfortunately, for um, people who are in an abusive relationship, it takes about seven times to realize that they have to get out because they're so wrapped around in the love situation of being blinded or being brainwashed. Yeah. And I've experienced that as well. And... First of all, I'm very sorry that happened to you and the physical abuse that happened to you as well as the emotional abuse. So going back when you are in that adversity, in that situation crisis, how how were you feeling when you were getting especially physically abused? How was I feeling? Um, I was feeling pretty bad, um, but I was... I was so in love and this was a very manipulative person too. So he, he knew that I was emotionally weak when, uh, when he met me, um, he knew that I was already experiencing, uh, a lot of depression and anxiety six months prior to meeting, I had actually gotten raped by a friend. And so I was dealing with all of that. I was very, very depressed about it. Um, especially because my friends thought that, they didn't believe me. So I like stopped. I lost so much of friends because they didn't believe me. And they said that I wanted it and I did not. And so when I met my, my ex, he was like, so what's your story? What's going on with you? And he, he knew that I was hurt. And so I remember very early in the relationship, he said, I'll never hurt you. I'll never hurt you like that. I'll protect you. Yeah. Right. Red flag. But I was 16, you know, I was 16. I was so young. Um, and so I just fell in love and I, I just didn't, I didn't really know. And it was, everything was just like, so progressive, like very slowly. It was just like little things like, um, I'm half Mexican. So I have naturally I have very curly hair. And so it's just little things like, I, I, I think your hair looks better when it's straightened, but to the point that it was, I would never leave my hair natural. I would always straighten my hair because I knew that he preferred it that way. And it was just, everything was everything was controlled and everything was micromanaged about me, but I didn't know. I didn't think it was bad because I, I felt like, well, he loves me. He's, he does, he's doing it cause he loves me. Um, but by the end of the relationship, it was, I felt like an empty shell. Like I felt like an empty shell of a person. Um, he constantly told me that I needed to lose weight. I was 115 pounds in five, four. And so because of that, I ended up dropping down to like a hundred pounds in a year. Like I just lost 15 pounds in a year, um, just to kind of 
be the ideal thing just to be whatever he wanted. And by the end of it, it, I didn't even know who I was. You know, I was, I had no, no self-worth. I had no happiness inside of me. Um, it was hard. It was really hard. Took a lot to build back up. (laughs) And how did you get out of that abusive relationship? Like what was the tipping point that you realized that this is really abusive relationship that I need to get out? And how Mm -hmm. did you realize it first of all? And how did you get out of it? Okay. Yeah. So I realized that if I didn't get out, he would end up killing me. Um, there was a couple of times where he like made me pass out from strangling me. Um, and I was like, if I don't get out of this, like it's going to escalate, it's going to escalate until I die. Um, and it's going to sound very crazy, but it wasn't even me who got me out of it. It was like my subconscious. Um, because one day he was hitting me and he was beating me and I was like laying on the bed on my back. And then like, I I don't even remember this happening. I always describe it as I saw red and I, I mentally wasn't there and I just started fighting back. And I think that he could tell that something inside of me had snapped because he, he started putting his hands up like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. And I'm laying on the bed and I'm just like freaking out, screaming and kicking. And so I kicked his hands while they were out and he was in extreme pain. Um, and then I stopped and I like snapped out of it and was like, what happened? (laughs) Like, oh my God, are you okay? And he went to the hospital and I had shattered two bones in his wrist. And so he had to wear a cast for a long time. Um, but that was the last time that he ever hit me. So it was like my subconscious stood up for me in that moment, um, because I, I wasn't brave enough to do it. And even after that, the relationship didn't end. Um, he never hit me again. And I think he kind of knew that he had lost control over me and that he was never going to have the same control over me as he had before. Um, and so that was when like the ending was kind of blurred of we're together, but we're not together and we're seeing other people. But mentally I was still, I was still so hooked. I was hooked to him. I wanted him to love me. I wanted him to love me. Um, so yeah, that was, that was how it ended. Thank goodness. <laughs> I am very sorry to hear this. And not only you, a lot of us, um, a lot of women, especially men too, like, you know, end up being in a very abusive relationship. And then we don't know that we don't, we are in an abusive relationship. And then other people tell, you know, some friends tell you like, you know, you should get out and he's not tweeting right. But you kind of mute it and just kind of ignore it. And um, about the back pain and then about the doctor, I just interviewed Catherine, Dr. Catherine, two more, the episode before you. Mm-hmm. And she has um, created this practice of really listening to a patient, like narrative, and then identifying that pain as a whole. So it's not just a medical diagnosis, but the overall. And I think those are the things that's missing in Western medicine, especially, that they are so quick to diagnose you. And then just like, you know, 
and give you a pill. <laughs> yeah, I try to identify what it is quickly instead of really um, asking the cause. Like my case, it was the thyroid disease that I had a surgery when I was 20. And then later on, I discovered when I was like learning Reiki that throat chakra is where you advocate for yourself. And I cannot advocate for yourself. I could not tell about my child sex abuse. Mm -hmm. um, so it manifested it to my thyroid gland wow. and ended up removing it. And I ended up having hypothyroid and hyper, hyper. Um, so I've been dealing with this. So my case is that. So I think the approach that we have is a little bit quick to diagnose all these things, manifestation. But anyways, thank you so much for being brave and then sharing that. And then do you feel safe now? And after you experience this, like, you know, um, so you got out of it. And then after that, I think a lot of women uh, who's experienced abusive experience, they tend to get attracted to some abuser again. Mm -hmm. But were you able to find somebody who is not and then being able to protect yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for a long time, because um, I was 21 and, you know, everyone's that's when you're dating the most. And I, I was like, I'm not dating anyone. So I, I didn't date anyone for like five years. And then I met one guy and he really wanted to date me. And I kept saying, I don't want to date you. I'm not dating anyone. I had very strong walls up. I, you know, I was still uh, coping my, my PTSD triggers. I had a lot of really, really bad triggers, really bad anxiety. And this guy just finally convinced me. I was like, okay, whatever. And so we ended up dating for like a few months. And one night when we were drinking and he was really drunk and he got mad at me for some, some really stupid reason. And he slammed me against a fridge at his friend's house. And we like went back to his house and I went home in the morning because um, we've been drinking. So I went home in the morning. I like cried hysterically in the shower and was like, this is the end. And so I like told him, I was like, we're done. We are done. Cause I was like, I am not getting into that again. And I, I loved him and I cared for him and I know he loved me, but I was like, I stopped it right then. Um, and so that ended. And then about six months after that, my father ended up passing from cancer. He had cancer and six months later he died. He was only 45. So it was, it was a shock it, and it was really, really hard. It was very difficult. Um, and my mom and him were still together. They've been together for like 20 years, 18 years or something since they were 19, 20. And um, watching my mom take care of my dad was like so heartwarming and like jarring. And it kind of like shook me awake. And I was like, I, I need to open myself up to love because what if something happens to me? Like, what if this is a hereditary cancer like what if I'm sick and I was 25 I was like what if I'm sick in 20 years I swore people off and pushed everyone away and I had no one there to take care of me and love me and I didn't live my life um so I finally like put down the walls and was like I'm open to finding love to finding a real love someone who truly cares for me and who would never hurt me and six months later I met a man and we are now, we got married, we have two kids, we live in Texas. Uh, our eight year anniversary is this October. And, you know, he's 
the complete opposite of my abuser. You know, he's a, he's so strong. He was in the army. He loves me so much. He loves my hair when it's curly and wild, <laughs> you know, like he just, he loves me for me. Um, and it's great. We have a great relationship and, um, being in the relationship, I, I found that I still had a lot of things to heal from because it was kind of the first big relationship I was in since it, since the bad one. Um, like we, we couldn't have arguments. I would freak out if we were talking and if the like voices got elevated, I would freak out and I would actually run away <laughs> from him. I would run out of the room and he would, he didn't really understand. He's like, we're trying to have a discussion. Like, why are you running in opposite rooms? And cause I would just shut down. Um, I felt super overwhelmed and it was hard for me to take in the information. And all I could think was, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Even though I was safe, like he wasn't going to hurt me, but it just triggered that, uh, physical reaction inside of me. Um, and it took me a long time to finally be like, just cause we're having an argument doesn't mean that I'm not safe. Um, and once I was able to do a lot of my own work and my own healing, our relationship got even better and stronger. So, yeah. <laughs> I completely understand my first marriage. I was suffering with PTSD and I, I didn't really know that I was suffering from it. And then even when we went to St. John, this most beautiful place on the earth that I had gotten, gotten like, triggered and then I kind of like cocooned myself and then really wasted a lot of time so my, in my life of being triggered. So now um, I want to um, switch a conversation from adversity part but the tool that you use to overcome and the reason why is there are so many resources on the internet or book but um i want to feature our guest and people who went through the adversity that we all try to find our way and struggle but what worked the most and that you can share with people what are the tools that was most helpful to you Okay, yes. Um, I would definitely say the most helpful tool was forgiving. Um, forgiving and letting go because I, I didn't realize how much anger I still kind of held towards this person. Um, and so, you know, I was guided to write a letter. And in this letter, it was like, don't be nice in the letter. So I wrote everything out. You know, I said, I hate that you make me feel this way. I hate that you took away my life and blah, blah, blah. Just went on and on and wrote all of those things out, got it out of my body. And then after that, I found the lesson and the growth in it. And I realized, but because that happened, it I made me a stronger person. It made me a kinder person. It made me want to help others who are in my situation. Um, and so I just wrote all that out um, and did the the Hawaiian prayer. I don't know how to say it out, the Hawano Ponon. <laughs> it's like the, thank you, I love you, please forgive me, I'm sorry. Um, and then I wrote that out a bunch and, and I forgave him. And there was a lot more to like the forgiveness practices, but I basically was like, I forgive you, I release you, I release all energetic bonds between us. 
and I did cut like a cord cutting meditation and I cut all the cords that tied us together um, because at the end of the day, like I'm holding on to it. If mm -hmm. it's eating him alive, I don't know. I don't, we don't have contact and I'm not going to contact him and, but it's eating me alive and it was only hurting me to hold on to it. And that's not fair. It's like, we already had a horrible time together and I don't need to keep letting it hurt me anymore. So I finally put, you know, the past in the past. I forgave him, which forgiving him does not mean that what he did was right or that it was acceptable. Forgiving him to me just means that I release it. I release it, it's gone, and I'm not going to wish ill to him anymore because it only hurts me. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know forgiving is very, very difficult and sometimes it's the biggest challenge to let go and realize that that is really powerful. My book, I talked about forgiveness and I came up with my own way about the forgiveness, which is to forgive myself, to not forgive the perpetrator. Because some of the crimes, some of the things that's not forgivable, but you can forgive yourself for not forgiving somebody. And that was kind of my piece. Yeah. Everybody has different ways to come to the peace, to the adversity. But I like the cord cutting manifestation, uh, medication technique. I like that idea of cord cutting. Yeah. Um, yes. And when I when I did it, like all of these things were very, very powerful. It was a very emotional few weeks. Um, and my husband ended up working nights that, that week. So he was gone. So I had the space and like the aloneness to actually do this. The kids were asleep and everything. And when I did the cord cutting meditation and you know, I cut the cords off and I like, I felt them snap and I just got, you know, full body chills and just started sobbing because I felt a lightness. I felt relief and I felt, I felt free, you know, it's very powerful. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for sharing that wisdom and then tools. Now, let's move on to the last question that I have for our guest, which is a gift that came from the adversity. How do you say a gift that came from the adversity? I think that the gift now would be taking this full circle and helping women who have been through it to heal, to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and to not let it be their story. Like that's not all that they are. So I think the gift is now I can help others and help others heal and turn it into something good. Can you share some testimony that some of the client that you helped, that you felt empowered that you truly helped somebody turn around the situation? Um, not quite yet. I just I just started my program. Just I'm still working on finishing it up right now. I see. Yeah. So basically a gift is that you learned these tools and then lessons that now you want to give back to mm -hmm. other women or other maybe victim of the DV 
So do you have any last message for our audience before we finish our program today? Hmm. I think I would say, you know, whatever traumas that you've gone through, know that they, they don't define you and know that there's always the power inside of yourself, the power inside of you to heal and to grow and to move on. I like that a lot. <laughs> Oftentimes those trauma, you feel like that's your fault, that's part of you and that defines you and then that's kind of who you are you are weakness and you attracted it some people may blame you so i feel really like broken yes and i don't know why we do that to ourselves i don't know why we're not kind to ourselves but we tend to do that yes so do you do a little bit of like self-affirmation or like you know something that helps you to gain control after this. Yes, yeah, I definitely, I keep up with my mindset work. You know, I do meditation every morning and every night. Um, when I'm feeling super overwhelmed, I, the mantras I kind of like to repeat are, I am safe, I'm safe, I am loved. Um, and I do every morning, I write my gratitude and I write usually like 10 affirmations or some sort of morning pages where I, uh, just kind of journal out my gratitude and things that I'm calling into the future and things like that. I just got to stay on top of the mindset work. <laughs> it's just like a muscle. <laughs> I've heard of writing the gratitude in the morning and I've never done it before, but do you write like physically like paper on a paper? Oh yes. Yes. Pen to paper. I, I started that in summer of 2020. And it, it really changed a lot for me. I, at that time I had, you know, I had some postpartum anxiety and, you know, the pandemic hit. So I had some pandemic anxiety and the, the gratitude in the morning really, really changed a lot for me. Yeah. So that's another tool that people can use writing down. What are you grateful for? Mm -hmm. Yes. What did you write this morning? Um, this morning I wrote that I was grateful for my safe and warm house. It was very cold this morning. So I'm, I'm always grateful for my heater. Um, and I wrote that I was grateful for our homeschool community. We had a really amazing field day yesterday. And I said, I was grateful for the moment that me and my two-year-olds, we got a little peaceful moment on the riverbank with like the sun shining on us and we were just throwing some rocks in the river. So, yeah. Right. Things like that. Well, Ashley, I really appreciate you coming to our show, A Gift from Adversity. And we have a wonderful guest coming um, scheduled all the way to April. And then I'm really grateful for a lot of people who are willing to share their adversity and their tools and a gift that came from it. My name is Jay Love. I'm your host. Thank you again, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.